Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. This week was probably one of the most profound and important weeks that we've had in America in the last 40, 50 years. And so today's message is really just about stirring us up. I titled it, We Are the Resistance. (laughs) No, we're not Alex Jones. I didn't even know that. And somebody said that to me and I was going, oh, okay. Uh, This house played uh, a big part of seeing this happen in Texas. A lot of you don't know the prophetic history of this house. You should read my book. Okay, plug, you should read my book. This isn't just, hey, I thought I'd have a good idea and write a book because, you know, I'm a pastor. It's not like that. Um, This is 20 years of prophetic history. You are in this house today, and you're sitting in the seats of, of 20 years of prophecy. God built this house. He birthed this place for such a time as this. He had a plan and a purpose, and... um And that plan and a purpose is really exciting, and I'm going to talk about that this morning. And so I hope you'll be encouraged because I know that a lot of us are really weary from all of the bad news, and we're getting really tired of the nonsense that's going on in this nation and across the earth. And we feel like we're surrounded on every side, and I know that a lot of people are struggling, so I just bless you, and I know there's a lot of discouragement and weariness, and so I just want you to know this morning that this word is going to take paddles to your heart. It's going to ignite something in you, because the thing about the prophetic is it sets us rightly in place so that we can run in a time that may be confusion or, or um, misunderstandings abound. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 5. <clears throat> so Jesus is talking about, he's, it's his sermon, his Sermon on the Mount. It's beautiful teaching on how to live. In the kingdom. And he says something very interesting. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. We'll start. I'm going to go ahead and write above that. He said, Blessed are you who, uh, when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake, for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And this is what I want you to see. Verse 13, uh, you are salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. 
Let your light shine so before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so he says this in the context of persecution and heartache. And he's saying to his believers at that time, and he's saying to them, you are the resistors. You're the resistance. You are the salt that preserves heaven on earth. You are a preservative. Without that preservative, everything's going to go stale and it's going to go to hell. Yes, I said that. It's in the Bible. You are the light of the world. But in the church, what we've done over the past 40, 50 years is we really forgot who we were. And we actually allowed our light to have a bushel over it. And we created a subculture religion where we hid away the four walls of this place where it's safe and we're all the same and we're all believers and we don't want to commingle with those people out there. And so they were left without the light. It's not their fault. It's our fault. We're the ones responsible. We're the ones accountable. We're the ones with the light of heaven on the inside of us. We have the spirit of the living God, the most powerful force in all the universe that lives on the inside of us. And we we kept it in here. And we said, I just want to learn more knowledge. I don't actually want to go out there and be counterculture. Years ago, I had my first prophetic dream when I first started this whole journey. And in the prophetic dream, I saw the Statue of Liberty fall. Many of you have heard this before, but it bears repeating because of where we are today and because of the message that I'm going to preach. And when the Statue of Liberty fall, I heard the audible voice of the Lord in the dream, and he said, you haven't taught your sons to battle. Battle, beloved. You haven't taught your sons to battle. But I'm raising up another generation. And in the place of the Statue of Liberty, the tree of life that went all the way up through the heavens, you couldn't even see the top of it, was erected in that place. And young people, teenagers and young adults stood around it day and night and they held it up. And there was a whole sea of people and the people that were touching the tree, there were people that were touching those people and there were people that were touching those people who were holding the tree up 24-7 and they never left him. Because God wins on this thing. God doesn't win, though. He's not, like, far away, but he wins through you. You are the resistance. So he said that about battle. In Joel 2, 11, in Joel 2, he talks about two armies. First army uh, through the beginning of Joel 2, through Joel 2, 1 through 10, it's a pretty scary army. It's the army of the enemy. Then God steps in in verse 11, and he says, okay. The Lord gives voice before his army. 
for his camp is very great. For strong is the one who executes his word. For the day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, the day of the Lord is the generation of the Lord's return. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. And who can endure? Okay, it's very terrible for the people that do not have the assurance of what's happening and who Christ is, but it's very great for those of us who know our God because it is the time of the great exploits. It is the time where we run into the battle and not away from the battle. This army that he's raising up in the earth today is a fearless army. They're not afraid of anything. They're not afraid of a plague. They're not afraid of a tornado. They're not afraid of whatever kind of nonsense that these, these, these evil cabal people have planned. Because the spirit of the living God is greater and higher than all of that. Amen? Our confidence is in Christ. Here's the truth. I am not here to entertain you. I am not your typical pastor. I don't hide behind this pulpit. What I do during the week is I'm in the household of people who are severely ill with COVID. And I'm praying that they will be healed. I'm laying hands on them and they are recovering. Now, there's a long list of people who need prayer. Some of them will drive through. Right, Bob? Bob drove through. It was drive-through healing. It was awesome. (laughs) It was pouring down rain. Do you remember? I was like, okay. Listen, it's my job to sharpen you. It's my job to see that you are a fearless army so that you know how to navigate the days that are upon us. And everybody's like, well, I just want it to go back to normal. Beloved, let me tell you something. It's not. It's not. It is game time. And we have been prepared for such a time as this. Man, I have been fasting and praying all of these years, and I'm like, woo, this is going to be our finest hour. This is going to be amazing, right? Because those that know their God will do great exploits. Those that have faith in this hour are going to run and be and accelerate in the kingdom. The kingdom is advancing, and you are the ones who are bringing that to pass. Jesus said this in Matthew 10, verse 34. I do do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. You see, he's saying, when he said, I came to bring a sword, he's saying, I came to bring the word of God. And the thing about the word of God is it's offensive. Because truth, what's going on in heaven, is not the same thing that's going on in earth. Because there's this massive deception campaign that's happening right now to try to get the body of Christ and the people of the earth bought into the system that is not a heavenly system. And it's all about control. It's all about manipulation. 
It's all about um, bringing uh, the, the agenda of the beast in Revelation 13, 17. That too. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> the beast is in several places in the book of Revelation. Anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit trail, but I'm telling you, there is an agenda, and the agenda is evil. And it's not about really the people of the earth. It's more about the people of God. It's about destroying the light and taking the light out of the earth. All right, when he said, look, I've come to bring a sword, what he's saying is I've come to bring the truth because it is the truth that sets people free. And so God's in the business of freedom. He's in the business of seeing, and he, and he birthed a nation in the earth such as ne- has never been seen before. There was no democracy. There was no republic. There was no um, um, rulership by the people for the people. It never existed for all humanity, the, for all history, until 1776. We are a sign and a wonder. We are created by the hand of God. We came about through his word. And it was for a purpose. Not just to give birth to the nation of Israel, but so that God's word would go throughout all of the nations. But it is also to give birth to a harvest that is going to spread all across America and the earth, and it's going to come out of this city. If you read my book, you already know that. (laughs) You need to read my book. When he said, I've come to bring a sword, he controls everything through his word. Every single thing in the earth is there and held together by the word of God. You see, prayer keeps things alive and organic. If you know how to pray, you know how to bring heaven to the earth. If you know how to pray, you know how to raise the dead. If you've never done that, I encourage you to try kind of hard in America to find a dead body, though. Sometimes you have to go to a third world country. Because, anyway. Uh, but if you know God's word, and his word knows you, and look, I'm talking about the living word. I'm talking about what happens in that place of prayer. I mean, it is incredible connection between a living man, the union that happens, not just in the depths of a place of prayer, the law, the intimacy, the, the love, the identity, and how we get set in our place, and our mind gets transformed, so we're no longer afraid, are tossed about. You see, the truth is, we are currently in a war. Do you remember Patrick Henry? And he was like, uh, you guys are crying peace, peace, but you don't even realize that the war is already in the fields. Yeah. 
Beloved, let me tell you something. We are in a war right now. A lot of the, the people don't even know that. The enemy knows it. The plan has already been activated. We are already far down the line. This has been going on for the last 100, maybe 200 years. The plan for world domination. Yes, all of the movies were right. Dr. Evil actually exists. Who knew? Thanos. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I think Bill Gates is Thanos, you know. Let's just... And I mean, let me tell you, it's funny, but I pray for this guy because I'm like, Lord, turn Saul into Paul. We need this guy to get saved big time. And, and, and when you get him saved, give him my address so he can send me all his money. <laughs> okay, we're on page two. How are you doing? Yeah, I only got five more to go. All right, so you guys know this about me. Prayer is the centerpiece of God's plan to restore the earth so it can look like heaven. Remember in the book of Acts, it says that heaven is gonna retain, it's gonna retain Jesus. It's gonna hold him back until the restoration of all things. Well, you're, you're, you're the restoration. You're the restorers. So to, to have, the earth needs to look more like heaven. That means we gotta look busy. We got to remember that Jesus is coming shirt. Jesus is coming back. Look busy. Because you are the light. You are the salt. And these are the works that we must do so that the earth can look like heaven. You see, what happens is that the spirit and the bride are going to cry and they're going to cry, come. They're going to cry, come. And it's already beginning to happen. And as the pressure increases, it's refining the bride. And she's having to make a decision. Is Jesus right or is he wrong? Is this the truth or is it a lie? And so the pressure causes us to decide. As we decide, our cry gets louder. Jesus, come. Many of you have already been crying this cry. Come, Jesus, come. Jesus, Jesus, come. You're what we need in this hour, Jesus. And so the cry is going to get louder and louder and louder and louder. And there is a company in heaven who are also saying, Jesus, you are worthy. Jesus, you are worthy. And so heaven and earth are gonna start to sink Do you see this? Do you see what's coming? Angels ascending and descending on you. Amen is right. The bowls of heaven get filled up. The more intense you begin to realize that he is your only hope. And the more that that intensity, what it does is it creates a pure, beautiful incense. Fills the bowl, fills the bowl, fills the bowl. What just happened with this this week, with this abortion situation, right? The bowls tipped. The bowls tipped. 
the value and importance of prayer cannot be cannot be measured. I'm telling you, this is how Jesus rules and reigns in the earth. It is the centerpiece. It creates an organic structure called his church and we flow where he goes and we say what he says and we do what we we see. And as we do that out of the place of prayer, we push back darkness. We Rule and reign governmentally in this place. All right, so I'm going to give you a case study. So over the last, what, Matthew, 15 years, we've been praying for life. It was something, you know, as I, when I got saved, the Lord said, um, rebuild my temple. So I got saved with a command, kind of weird, but anyway, uh, rebuild my temple. And then he began to talk to me about Zerubbabel's temple. For those of you, again, who haven't read the book, read the book. It's in there. It's not complicated. It's actually very simple. It is a governmental people. You are the temple of the living God. It is a governmental people, and it is a holy priesthood that understand how to access heaven and transform the earth. And you carry the very glory of God on the inside of you. So, I want to read to you out of my book on page 19 because there's a really important prophecy that was something that when we first um, started our journey, John and I, he talked to me about Zerubbabel and I was like, who? Who? who is this guy? And he said, you're going to give birth to this rebuilt temple, Zerubbabel's baby. Kind of weird. And then we, in 2006, we came across this prophecy by Matt Sorger. He was in Texas and he got caught up in the spirit. This is on page 19 of my book, by the way. Oh, I also have copies for you in the back, um, on the back information table. So you can get copies. There's a couple. There's like three prophetic words over Dallas, one of them by Ruth Ward Heflin, other by Matt Sorger, and the other by Catherine Brown. I actually have a compilation of words over Dallas over the last 20 years, and basically they're all saying the same thing. There's a fire coming out of this city that is going to ignite all of America yeah, so get ready, because it has to do with what just happened. All right, he said this, as the spirit caught me up, I could see the entire state of Texas. Then I saw a large heart begin to beat, heartbeat. It was the heart of Texas. And I heard the spirit say, I am about to revive and awaken the heart of Texas. When you see the heart of Texas, Begin to beat. The heart of the nation will be revived. As the heart of the church 
Okay, hold on. In the midst of the vision, I realized that Texas held a key to releasing national revival in America. We are about to see Texas visited with a mighty move of the Holy Spirit as the heart of the church is revived and awakened. It will then cause an awakening to hit the entire nation of America, turning the heart of the nation towards God. Dallas is a key city in Texas. There is a governmental authority God is giving to Dallas to reverse the death culture that was released over our nation in Roe v. Wade back in 1973. As the heart of Texas is revived, we will see a reversal of this death culture and the spirit of life released over our nation. Dallas, Texas is key for prophetic decrees to be released and a breakthrough in the Supreme Court of America. I'm telling you, as awakening is released in our nation, not only will it revive and renew the church, but it will see a shift come to society regarding um, radically impact, that's radically impacted by this move of God. The anointing and outpouring will reach into many areas of society to bring great kingdom transformation. This will be done by the spirit of Zerubbabel. Page 19 and 20, you can go look at it. But you have to buy my book. It said that this is going to hit and influence the government. It's going to bring transformation to the government. It's going to bring transformation to the media. These are two of the area, transformation to the church. I am telling you, beloved, listen to what he said. He said that when you see the heartbeat, of Texas begin to beat the heartbeat bill. He didn't know what he was saying when he was saying it. There was no such thing as a heartbeat bill. There was no such thing as, as that even conceptually being a thing back then in 2006. But I am telling you, pay attention to prophecies because there's markers in time in prophecies because if one thing has tipped, the others will tip as well. So an awakening is coming. All right. But I want to tell you about this case study. All right. Because there's a part that we have to play. We don't just go, oh, good. Let's go home. Go get some more groceries, Bob. Not like that. So I want to show you this. All right. All right. So I want to tell you what we did. So we got this word and we took this word seriously from Matt Sorger. And we said, all right, we're the house of Zerubbabel. We just happen to be located in Dallas, Texas, where the Lord said, this is where it's going to happen. And we're like, okay, we had a, we had several prophecies that we would release a governmental authority and stand in a governmental seat that is a heavenly seat. And so we're like, okay, God, we're going to do this. We don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we're just going to press into life. So we began to pray. We began to contend. We have had a life set at this house. We had a life set for about 10 years, 10 years, every single week for two hours a week. We would contend and pray for life. We fasted countless days and years. And I mean, everything, Esther fast, no food, no water, man, bad breath, people. 
You can't even use a mint when you're doing an Esther fast. We did multiple. I mean, we were on this. We were contending. We were grinding it out going, I'm not going to let you go until you bless us. We were so driven by the prophetic word that we were not going to let it go until we saw it pass. And this is how we've got to be as the body of Christ. You have said, God, therefore, I'm going to get into alignment with what you said, and I'm going to do what you're telling me to do according to that word. Amen? Amen. All right, so here's what we did. I took nine teenagers in an RV around America in 2006 to silently pray in front of abortion clinics. An RV, people. Now, you know me, those that know me, an RV. That's a completely different world out there. And I can tell you personally, I was going, wow, there is a whole RV culture that many of you may not know about. But anyway, anyway, there were eight teenagers in my RV. Okay, I've been delivered. It's cool. I got some inner healing around that trip. I got home. That RV is in is in great condition. I pull up to my house and I knock the air conditioner unit off by hitting a tree right there in our front yard. And John's just like, "You broke it." <laughs> He's up there with duct tape and glue trying to fix it. Anyway, so yeah. Oh yeah, and I backed into the mailbox in the same. Okay, there was a big hole in the side of it. Yeah, we were renting. I didn't buy an RV, praise God. Yeah. All right. Second thing, we went to D.C., show slide number three. We went to D.C. and we prayed in front of the Supreme Court several times, including in freezing cold weather. We put this live tape on, and and one time it was like below, sub-degrees below zero, and my our noses would just drip, and then they'd freeze. We'd, our snot would freeze. And we just, for hours, just praying silently, God, grip the hearts of these Supreme Court justices, crying out for the unborn, crying out to save these babies, hours upon hours of days. Next, Storehouse hosted a national Esther call with Lou Engel at the convention center downtown. Can you show slide um, number 11? And number one, <clears throat> so there we were downtown. Um, number two, just keep going all the way through number. And so uh, there were people that came from all over America just really crying out for life. We fasted and prayed 40 days before that. There's my handsome husband bringing heaven to earth. But again, why did we do this? Such a huge inconvenience. We gave a lot, a whole year of our life. We prayed as a family and said, man, this is going to be hard to get all these churches together, to get all of these people together all across America to come together for this one moment. We supported the Back to Life movement, slide six. All of these beautiful girls, they walked 222 miles from Houston, Texas over a period of 21 days. We went there, we cooked them dinner. 
They were exhausted. It was, it was incredible. They walked up into the Esther call as we were, we were worshiping. It was a phenomenal moment of just them in their tears. And a lot of these girls were survivors of, of um, having had abortions. And they were standing in the gap, crying out for those that, that didn't ha- haven't had the opportunity or had, still had the opportunity to choose life. Aren't they beautiful? I preach endlessly about the truth of the shedding of innocent blood. Show slide five. CF and I. Oh, this was a good one. Is that five? I think that's 14. Can you show five? CF and I, just talking about the shedding of innocent blood. If you haven't had an opportunity to hear uh, the word on the shedding of innocent blood, you can look it up on YouTube. Um, it's really important because it gives you a, a peek under the tent about what exactly it is that we are doing. I am actually wearing the same shirt. This was a shirt I wore all the time back then, Choose Life. Um, through all of this, just contending like this, had a principality show up in my room. If that's never happened to you, it's terrifying. But when you're going after in serving the Lord and going after a spirit of death to bring it down over a nation. It's a big deal. And let me tell you what, they do not want to see it happen. Show uh, slide uh, 14. And the reason they don't want to see it happen is because we're taking the blood supply of the occult You want to ask yourself why things have gotten so bad in America over the past 40 years. This is why. Because of the blood of the innocents. It empowers the demonic. We're being overrun right now because of this. Why are we about to see revival now? Because their blood supply just got cut off. Do you understand the battle that we're in? It is not a battle against flesh and blood, but it is a battle of principalities, powers, and, and, and evilness in dark places. But it's not dark anymore because God's church is waking up, realizing the battle that is at hand and realizing and beginning to wake up to their own power within this to see change. Even this year, Dora and Lindsay got a word from the Lord, and they said, we're supposed to walk around the Roe v. Wade courthouse this year. When was it? It was in May that we did it. Seven times, like Jericho. And we're supposed to pray for the ending of abortion. And we're like, we're there. Let's do it. And so several of us went out there, me and John and Rob and Lindsay and Dora and Chrissy, I think, was out there with us. Who else? And Daisy. So we're just marching around. and We're doing it, man. It looks like foolishness to the world. I don't care. Do you care? No. Because if God says do it, you go and do it. He had us, we just, today is the last day of a 21-day fast. Why did he have us fast? This is the reason. Because he knew this thing was coming down. And the ones that started it are the ones that's going to finish it. 
I got a word from the policeman. He said, I got a word from you when you did the Esther call. He said, you've got to keep striking the ground. You cannot let up on this. Don't let up on this. Keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it until it comes down. Now, of course, there have been so many others. I'm not saying it's just us. Please hear what I am saying and not what I'm not saying. But again, Jesus said, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. So we do, we do prayer and we do action. We access heaven to transform the earth. We don't access heaven so we can sit around in the swirliness of God's presence and go, oh my gosh, I'm, God is so good, which he is so good. And I love that part of it. I love to feel the presence of the Lord, but it cannot end there. We cannot keep God to ourselves but we have to distribute it in the earth. If we're going to be effective, we've got to get out of this place of prayer and begin to take the sword of the Lord out and follow him where he tells us to go. So we have to be active. And how do we get active? Come on, girl. Why am I missing page three? Okay, hold on. Bear with me. Ha! There it is. I know you did. Thank you, Matthew. All right. So Jesus came to confront the systems of the earth that were built by Satan. He primarily addressed the political and the religious structures. Everybody's like, Jesus was so kind and so gentle. He loves us. All of that is true. But he was kind of a baller. That's right. He was incredible. Think about how courageous he was that he stood against systems that needed to come down. And he did it with the truth. He did the truth in love. He didn't take up arms, yet he was able to destroy systems that were in place just through his word. But make no mistake about it, he pressed up against them. He resisted them. He was non-compliant. He was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal somebody on the Sabbath. Bam, take that. Why? Because I'm God. And you put a bunch of rules in place that I never intended to be there. So, think about this. Who killed Jesus? It was the Romans. The political people killed him. Who killed John the Baptist? The Romans. Who killed all of the disciples except for John? The Romans. Why? Because they were non-compliant. Because they were the resistance. Because they were going in the opposite direction. And they were saying, the system that you've built is not our system. This is our system. And the more that people began to get free from what they were saying, the more of a threat they became to the system of that place. So the system had to come down.
When the enemy begins to push and steal freedom and create unjust or unrighteous laws, we must respond and resist. What happened with life? What happened with Choose Life? What happened with this movement? Nobody took up an AR-15. We didn't have to because we had the sword of the Lord. We destroyed the works of darkness through fasting, through prayer, and through action. There are more of you than there are of them. And it's time that we declare war on this nonsense that's going on in America. Now, listen, hear my heart. Is this a political statement? No. I'm salt and I'm light. You're salt and you're light. I'm going to just go be salty. I'm just going to go shine my little light. But we are at war. And America is like the frog in the pot. And I'm telling you, it's time to wake up before we get cooked. Before we lose our freedom and our children are enslaved. Because that's where they're taking us. The only reason they're not doing to us what's happening in Australia is the Second Amendment. Thank God for the rednecks. (laughs) Who thought they would be the one that saved the day? My son is looking up on Amazon how to get those flags you can put on your truck, you know, the really big ones. I went, awesome. <laughs> Good night. But get me one while you're at it. All right, so the enemy has come through our gates. I'm going to just state the obvious. Trojan horse, they knew they couldn't take America down through warfare, so they, they've we are being destroyed from within. Everybody knows that. The evil is actually among us. And it's in our government. It's in our corporations. It's in our pharmacies. Ooh, the pharmaceutical. It's in our media. It's taken dominion over our education. While we've been sleeping over the past 40 years. But I'm telling you, what looks impossible is just God's playground. He's like, oh, this is going to be fun. Watch this. I'm going to part the Red Sea. You guys are going to enter in through it. But I want to talk to you about the the pharmacies and what's happening, and you guys probably already know this. Revelation 18, verse 23, says this, The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore. He's talking about Babylon, the system of confusion. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were great men of the earth. For by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. That word sorcery is pharmakia. So by your pharmakia, all the nations were deceived. Do you see what's happening? It's in the Bible. Everything that's happening is in this book. Everything that's going to happen is in this book. So you won't be deceived. So if this uh, whole plan of these bioweapons that have been released, yes, I said it. Right. 
Weird, isn't it, that all of those viruses have been patented? You know you can't patent anything that's from nature. They were patented before they came out. That's so weird. Anyway, I won't go down that hole. Um, so basically, it's time to fight. And first, we're going to fight through the, through the altar of prayer. That's what Zerubbabel did. When he came to rebuild the temple, uh, he did it through first when they, they came from Babylon, confusion, into um, uh, Jerusalem. What was the first thing he did? He built an altar for prayer. Sacrifice before he ever started building. And so I want to call you up to prayer. I'm not talking about the prayer that you pray when you're at your house. That is, that is wonderful, and you should do that. I'm talking about a corporate expression of prayer. Because when you get in this room, for those of you that haven't been here, what we do is we war. We take the things that are in heaven and we throw them out into the earth. We declare and decree. Remember the word that Matt Sorger said, that out of the spirit of Zerubbabel in Dallas, Texas, is being given governmental authority for decrees and declarations. What does that do? It hits all of the high places that the demons have erected in this city and they have to come down because it's spoken out of the priests of the Most High God. This place in this prayer room, so much happens here beyond just identity and connection and communion. I am telling you, you we, this is where we move things. This is where heaven kisses earth. So I'm inviting you into this place. That means that you're going to have to be inconvenienced. But it's a lot better for you to get on the wall and to stand in the gap than to have to take up arms and defend your homes. It's a lot better to get on the wall now than to have to have a vaccine passport where you can't buy or sell. How long will we wait before we get our swords out of its sheath and begin to say, not any further, and we're going to push you back? You're waiting to be rescued by a man. God is waiting for you to be activated that you are the rescuers that he's looking for. And just as it was with this abortion bill or life bill, so it will be with all of this nonsense. It will come down if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will forgive them and heal their land. Now, I know where all of you live, and I have a car. And I'm going to come and carpool and pick all of you up if you don't show up in this room. Okay, you're laughing. 
For those of you that know me, you know I will be at your door. Because uh, quite frankly, I'm not, get, I'm not getting the vaccine and I'm not going to have a vaccine passport. And I, amen. And, yeah. Amen. I love you. And I need you. I need you. Because I, I, I've tried to grow tomatoes. <laughs> Let me just say this. I need Central Market. <laughs> I mean, I do not have a green thumb. And I'm like, honey, we're in trouble. <laughs> I can't make butter. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. So if it doesn't come in a Holly Farms chicken thing, I can't, you know. Anyway. All right. So we have one of two scenarios that are going to happen. Number one, you're going to get in this prayer room and you're going to fight with us. And we're going to, we are going to cry out for an awakening because it's coming and we're going to come into agreement, heaven to earth. We're going to come into agreement because the glory of God is about to be poured out. The second thing, we're going to contend and fight. We are going to fight and release the words of the Lord over every mountain that has been taken captive, media, government, you name it. And you're going to see that these things are effective. You are going to fill the bowls and they're going to tip over. And every single one of those mountains will be ruled by God's people. All right. Second is through action. Non-compliance. Non-compliance. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I'm a resistor. Look, I'm not rebellious, but some of this stuff is just a bunch of nonsense. And so, whatever, I don't, I don't do it. Um, speaking the truth, getting the word out there. When we were doing this whole thing about life, man, I was all over the airwaves. I was being interviewed. I'm, I'm getting out there. I'm posting. I'm blogging. I'm, I'm, I'm podcasting. You name it. I'm getting the truth out there. Get the truth out there. Be bold in the way that you speak, the things that you say. Do it in love, but do it. Take back your school boards. This is easy. All you got to do is get informed and gather and do it. I love a good fight. I love righteousness. I'm like David. I'm like, ooh, there's like Goliath guy. This is going to be awesome. We need to clean out our schools of indoctrination. Get rid of those teachers. Get rid of the ones that are saying the things that they have no business saying to our kids, over-sexualizing our kids. Listen, I don't know about y'all, but I'm kind of tired of paying all my taxpayer dollars and then not being able to send my kids to these schools because they're so demonized. Seriously. So get involved. 
Take the action of the things that happened in this prayer room and you're all all filled up with oil. Listen to the dreams that God is giving you and he's gonna start telling you where to go, what to do and how to do it, all right? All you have to say is, here am I, God, send me. And he he answers that. All right, we gotta get rid of these, uh, some of these professors in the public universities as well. All right, recalling these tyrannical representatives Listen, if these people are not doing, these people represent you. You got to get them out of there. You got to recall. You got to start the efforts to recall a lot of these people. Fortunately, we live in the great state of Texas. Hallelujah. There's so much that happened this week. It is like we're paying for the wall. We got rid of of abortion in Texas. What else did we do? We, we, We... did the voting rights, so now our vote is clean and clear, and we don't have to worry about there being problems with our vote. Come on. Talk about you people being a light, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of nonsense going on on the federal level, so it's time to recall some of those people that aren't doing what we want them to do, all right? It's time to be wise as a serpent. We got to march in the streets. That's where I love to do. March, you know, we went through the March for Life. We marched in the streets. We had, we made our own posters. It was awesome, you know? Get out the magic markers, but say something. Be something. We've got to get out of the four walls of this church and let them know that there are a people that are filled with light and that are salt. Be salty. Everybody in this place that knows me, I am salty. I actually keep a salt shaker over here. Not kidding you, because I like salt on everything. All right, so we have two scenarios that are going to happen. Number one, you're going to be enslaved. No buying and selling unless you allow them to vaccinate you, which you're not going to do. You're going to lose, we're going to lose the most incredible nation and all of our freedoms. That's the first scenario. That's what they want. Or we're going to have a reawakening and we're going to see a great time of blessing and renewal in this nation. You are on the hinge of this. You're the hinge of this door and you're going to decide which direction it goes. For such a time as this, you have been put in this city at this time in a governmental house to rule and reign with Christ. And to see heaven come down in this place and a great awakening hit America. But you can't sit back and just think somebody else is going to do it for you. Every single one of us, every single one of us, it's going to take every single one of us. And for those listening online, I know that it looks impossible. But what is impossible with man is possible with God. And you're about to see this Goliath come down. I need my Davids on the wall. You have everything you need. God's prepared you. All of the last 20 years, the suffering, the heartache, the victories, 
places where you've pressed in, it is for such a time as this so that you would be prepared to take the enemy captive. You see, God wins, but he's going to win through us. So let's stand. What you do today, what you do today is going to determine the kind of life that you live tomorrow. It's no more kumbaya in the church, but it is genuinely God is saying, like he did in Joel 2, my voice is going before my army. You are that army. And you are ready for the battle. All you have to do is show up. And God is going to use your prayers and your action to defend a nation. Just raise your hands. Holy Spirit, we say, here we are, God. Here we are. Your sons and your daughters. Here we are, God. Here we are, Dad. Father, you are king of the universe. We are your royal priesthood. We are those today that say yes. Mark us for this moment. That we would be the very hinge of history. That we would be those that have been called to run in the battle. Victoriously for your namesake. That we would carry a banner of Jesus over this nation. That we would contend, God, pour out your awakening into this house and into these people. Stir us up, God. We ask you for flames of fire, oil, glory. Give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear, God. The instructions from the Lord of hosts. Tell us what to do, God. Here we are. Send us. Equip us, God, for this battle. And Father, I ask that we would run this race well, God, and not grow weary. Give us the grace to run well for your namesake and for your glory. And everybody said, Amen.